Beach, the only place to read your emails and tweets. It's Monday, August 17th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us live here on YouTube, it's Tass Mellis. What's hey, up, everybody. What's up, big guy? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey Hey-yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Lee And last but not least, making the magic happen here, it's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Quite the magic indeed, JD. What's going on for all the new people out there joining us? Uh, Take us through this. We are on a new piece of software, a new web- website. I don't want to say the name of it yet in case it c- completely collapses on you. <laughs> okay, but, good idea. Uh, but so far, so good, and I should be able to uh, switch around. Hey, there's Whoa, me. Oh, hey there. Hey! There's Skeets. Beautiful. There's Take us around the horn. And there's Trey. All right. Okay. So, then, yeah. Uh, that was a little weird for the are. listener out there. But, yeah. yeah you know. He's uh, manually changing the cameras here. If you're joining us live on YouTube, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to add this little wrinkle to the show here. Happy NBA Playoffs Day. Happy NBA Playoffs Day to everybody out there. That's still weird to say that the playoffs <laughs> are starting here on Monday, August 17th. And games are on all day. In fact, the first game starts in like three hours. Very weird. But we wanted to slip in a little beach step in. Before those games tip off, keep your questions coming. Email us, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in, at nodunksinc, or use that hashtag, nodunks. And uh, if you're looking for our playoff preview podcasts, well, go listen to those. We dropped the East one on Friday. We dropped the West one on Sunday. Made all of our predictions for all eight series. A lot of fun, breaking down all the series, key things to watch. So go check those out if you haven't already. Tass, we got a great batch of cues, though, again. Yeah, first question, when are you going to change that light bulb behind you, Skeets? You got one out there. I got two out, actually. Oh, you can't okay. see the other one. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, you know, I know we've talked a lot of light bulbs before, Task, quickly in the past. Oh, I'm glad know, somebody podcast. sent in this question. Good, bulb yeah. talking. I think what happened is, uh, Lee, you know, I wanted to really put this at you directly. I think what happened is the people that previously owned our house, I mean, we, our house is like somewhat newly rebuilt, but people lived in it before us. And right when we moved in, I feel is like when all the lights started to go. Because like in the first month, we had lights going out everywhere in this house. So it must have just been like that perfect two-year window or something like that for these lights they had. Cool story, isn't it? But anyway, a couple out here. <laughs> but they're supposed to last nine years, these bulbs, these well, days. Well, you they don't never know how do, often so. you're keeping the lights on. I don't know how often they were keeping the lights yeah, on. Yeah, but that, it's a scam. It's, a, it's the biggest racket going on right now because you'll never be able to go back six months later and buy the same bulbs that you've got in your house right now. It's just impossible. So, yeah. When you buy one, you have to buy a set for your entire house and buy two sets so you've got a backup. That's my tip for today. Buy in bulk. Buy light bulbs in bulk. That's a good tip. All right, let's get it. All right, here we go. Hello, diddly dinky dudes. Just as the Pelicans were getting good, Alvin Gentry got canned. Yes, Pelicans head coach got canned this weekend. Did he deserve to get booted? I thought he was well-liked within the organization. Turn up, love you guys. Awesome. That is from Darren in SoCal. Lee, what do you think about Coach Gentry getting fired? Well, I think, first off, he was well-liked in the organization, uh, but that is not usually enough to keep your job because uh, I think Alvin Gentry, and I mentioned this on uh, one of our little side hustle gigs that we've got going here last week, that I thought Alvin Gentry deserved at least one chance, I think, to have uh, a full Zion Williamson season because he's not just another draft pick. He's a significant franchise player, and he missed the first, what, 44 games of the season. 
And that was a blow because it wasn't like they came into the season with that. He played those preseason games and then he got injured just before the season started. Because when Zion came back, I think uh, Alvin Gentry saw straight away like to get him involved and get him playing good basketball. And he was. He was scoring a lot of points and the Pelicans were starting to really improve. And then the, 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 lock, the, you know, the suspensions hit and the, the season went on hiatus. And then when they came back, I thought Alvin Gentry had a real opportunity to sort of save his job if he was able to get the Pelicans just close enough and within touching distance of the playoffs here. But unfortunately, they were very, very bad down there in, uh, in the bubble in Orlando. And I think, unfortunately, that sealed his fate. I think, I think David Griffin probably decided that he just wasn't the right choice after what he saw down there because the Pelicans just defensively were very, very bad. Now, again, Zion missed a little bit of the, uh, the start there because he had to leave the bubble and come back. But you just couldn't really see that team coming together. And I think, um, unfortunately, the timing just wasn't good there for Gentry. If, if the season had continued you know, as normal and the Pelicans had made a really strong push and, and just finished out of the playoffs, I think he probably does get that extra year, that final year of his uh, contract. But I think um, David Griffin was just a little disappointed with the effort that he saw down there in uh, in Orlando. And also, you know, the Zion thing, it's, it's a little bit weird still, you know, how many minutes he should be playing and what sort of role he should have down there. And I think that sort of added a little bit of uh, to their, 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 their sort of inordinary, uh, ordinary play. But... Um, Ultimately, I think uh, David David Griffin's decided he wants to get a new voice in there sooner and uh, sort of building and growing with Zion rather than going with Alvin Gentry if he's a lame duck situation next year. So I think he's a little unlucky, um, but, um, you know, that, that's the way it goes in coaching. If you're, you know, He wasn't David Griffin's guy either, I think, even though they've got a mm-hmm. history together. There you go. I was going to say, are you calling David Griffin a liar? Sounds like you are because you're saying the bubble maybe uh, decided that they canned him. David Griffin says that's not the case. Quote, frankly... Had we been more successful in the bubble, this could have still been the decision we made. Now you can choose to whether or not you believe that. But he's saying right there, like, yeah, we could have gone 6-2 uh, and two instead of 2-6 and six down there in Orlando. And we still may have moved on from Gentry. Which is interesting that he would come on record and say that to, to Woj. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, I, I didn't hear him say that, but... Um... Yeah. You know, I, I, I just I just sort of think the, the play down there just wasn't inspiring. And, and no, so I, 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 I agree with you. you know. That's that's what makes this interesting that he said that. I wonder, does Griffin have his eye, Trey, on a coach that he's worried might take one of the other vacant coaching spots? I wonder if that's possible. <laughs> because there's the Nets, right? And there's the Bulls, your Bulls. They're, they're looking for coaches. I, it, it, the timing of this is just fascinating to me. I wonder if there's like someone that he likes... That is like, well, I might take this one, man. If that, if if you if you can't give me the opportunity to go coach the Pelicans, I don't know. I mean, I'm reaching. I'm, I'm don't snatch up my Kenny Atkinson, David Griffin. He's got to be the Bulls coach right? because that's that's the name you would think, right? And if you're looking at promising coaching positions, you're probably going with the number one overall draft pick ahead of uh, Larry Markinen, maybe being on the court a few times. Um, so I would be shaking in my boots as a Bulls fan a little bit. But uh, Lee's right. I think the timing of the bubble certainly didn't help. But the Pelicans also made the playoffs once in five seasons under Alvin Gentry. They never really cared about defense. They had a top 10 defense once, despite the fact that they've had numerous players show up on all defensive teams. They could just never put it together on that side of the ball. And the fact that David Griffin, despite having a pre-existing relationship with Gentry, didn't actually choose him as the coach. A lot of things added up to this, and it's not super surprising. Uh, They were uninspiring in the bubble. They were uninspiring, I thought, most of the season. You know, it certainly helped when Zion came back, but 
It's been the story for the Pelicans for the past five seasons. Everybody talks up their talent and the fact that they could be a dark horse playoff contender, and they fall a little bit short. Yeah, they absolutely were not inspiring in the bubble whatsoever, especially defensively. They just looked like they didn't care. And uh, I'm always one to support coaches and say, hey, it's on the players. It's on the players. What was the coach supposed to do? But really, when guys just aren't moving on defense, they've had the 19th best defense of the 22 teams down there and were willing to give up bucket after bucket after bucket, just not rotating. He didn't motivate them at all, really. They weren't buying into. No one was running through a wall for David, or for, I'm sorry, maybe for David Griffin. I don't know, but not for Alvin Gentry. <laughs> and five seasons is longer than coaches generally get. And I understand yeah. uh, the Zion Williamson factor. It was it was a bit of a wrench into things, but at the same time, that's that's the dish he has been served as coach. Alvin Gentry had had to sort of involve him and get the guys to rally around somebody who was coming in and out of the lineup and it wasn't working and so it makes sense that David Griffin uh, would move on whether they finished five and three or whether they finished two and six in the bubble and uh, that's it it's five years it was it was a decent amount of time he also I mean this happens to a lot of coaches so it's like don't cry for gentry but there was a ton of injuries over those five years a ton of turnover over those five years I think in that breakdown from Woj Gentry, it said Gentry was forced to use a combined 140 starting lineups in five seasons, uh, which is the most over the last five years uh, by the, you know, 11 more than the next closest team. That's a ton. That is a ton. So, like, it was always somebody banged up and they had to go out and now he's forced to, like, try and find someone else to to plug in there. So that sucks. But all that said, I'm with you guys. I mean, he... They they were a promising they are a promising young team and they should have been better down there in the bubble they should have been better even in the regular season than and they they're were. playing for their playoff lives down in the bubble and it was yeah. uninspiring yeah. that that was the the real un- uninspiring part for my couch was that they didn't seem to be really just into that basketball no. you had eight games you know you look at the Blazers and what they were and maybe it's you know, leadership on the floor. But I don't know. I, I think if there was one guy running through the wall, it was J.J. Redick trying to prolong his playoff streak. <laughs> but he looked like he was going after it. But the rest of the guys was just... Well, Ingram was pretty good, glasses. though, too. Down oh, he was, I mean, he was great offensively. Yeah, Ingram, yeah, Ingram's had a very good season. And I think uh, Gentry, just, Gentry deserves some credit for that, for getting him to uh, really um, fulfill a lot of his potential that, he, that we sort of saw in L.A., but he wasn't able to really uh, break out of it. So... He deserves some credit for that, but... Uh, yeah, sure. So who's going to coach this team then? Is it going to be Lou? I mean, he's got obviously a relationship with David Griffin. He's sort of at the top of the leaderboard, I think, for the Pelicans. You're, Jim you're... Boylan is available. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put both? money on Jim Boylan not getting I don't the, know. Uh, if Pelicans you're worried about Zion's conditioning, what about two-a-day practices and push-ups all day? Mm. You guys going to be even more jacked. Ooh, that's a good point. You're right. You're really Get jacked great with Jim. <laughs> He's going to release a new like DVD workout series. Get jacked with Jim Boylan. I'll tell you what, though. It's a good time to be a, a coach available because there's the Nets job that uh, is probably going to go to Ty Lue or Jason Kidd, and now you've got... So you've got Kevin Durant and Kyrie. What about Jacques Vaughn? He's going to keep that job. Yeah, he may. I <laughs> I doubt it, but he may. I mean, he's done a good job, I guess, so far in, in what he's had. But uh, and then you're going to get Zion and, uh, and and Ingram down there in New Orleans. So there's some pretty uh, interesting uh, opportunities out there. It's just uh, which person you think's the right fit. I, I I think Lou would be a good fit for the for the Nets job myself. Um, I think it's a little a little tougher with that uh, that one down in New Orleans because you've got the young guys that you have to mold. I mean, you're going into a situation with two stars already that 
it's not going to be super easy there in Brooklyn getting them to mesh together, but at least you've got the proven track record there rather than having to try to um, bring it out of the younger guys, whoever, which will be the job for whoever takes over in uh, New Orleans. I uh, just got an email. I guess it was a couple. I guess it was yesterday. I got this email. I'm sure some of you did too. I'm on this weird, some sort of chain where I get like, "Hey, these odds may be of interest to you." Mm-hmm. And uh, it was the breakdown for all these coaches: Jacques Vaughn, Lee, the favorite to be the Nets' full-time head coach; Lou, right behind him; then Mark Jackson, three to one odds; <laughs> uh, Bulls full-time head coach Trey. Want to take a guess at who's the leader in uh, according to you know this bet online? Who do you got? Adrian Griffin? No, he's second. Kenny's third. Mm. Lou's fourth. It's a name that's never been a head coach officially in the league, but he's been a longtime assistant. Uh, Great name. Ime Udoka. Ime Udoka. That's That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, he's the favorite right now for the Bulls. And then um, Coach Lou for the Pelicans, uh, two to one, and then Kid right there behind him. So a lot of the same names are on all these lists, but. You also have a 66 to 1 chance for the next Bulls head coach to be Michael Jordan. So, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> put, 66 to 1. Yeah, that's pretty some, low odds. <laughs> put some coin on that. I have to consider that one a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so we, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> coach talk. I saw, I, I, uh, uh, I saw something going around Twitter the other day that the Nets are going to try to get Popovich because of the Sean Marks and uh, Popovich connection. But, he's, uh, uh, he's on this list too. They put everybody on it. it says Lee Ellis here, actually. I, uh, 500 I, I, to 1 odds. I hope Popovich is at shorter odds than Jordan is to coach the Bulls. <laughs> um, here, let me let me give you. Where was it? I did see a Popovich. Where the heck is it? Oh, no, Popovich. Oh, they've screwed this up. Uh, <laughs> they, there's an error in this email. It just says 350. <laughs> but I think it's supposed to be three. It's basically three and a half to one odds. That's way too high. <laughs> wow, that's ridiculous. Okay, Darvin Ham also in the mix on a couple of these. Uh, Becky Hammond. So all the names you know. All the names you know and love. All right, next one here. Hey, no diddly dinkery news. First of all, thank you for the awesome content you guys have been putting out. Keep grinding. Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Damian Lillard have all had Hall of Fame careers to this point, even without a championship. If they all finished their careers without a title, which of these four players do you think would be the, quote, best player to have never won a ring? Mm. Thank you. That's from Miguel in Austin. Trey, what do you think? Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Damian Lillard. Who would be the best, considered the best player to not actually win a ring if they don't? This is a nice foursome to choose from. For me, it comes down to between James Harden and Chris Paul. No offense to Lillard and Westbrook. They are Hall of Famers, likely Hall of Famers whenever they retire. Even if it's without a ring. But their teams weren't title contenders and haven't been title contenders when they're the number one guy. So... They fall back a little bit for me compared to James Harden, who, you know, took the Warriors to seven games uh, in the Western Conference Finals. And Chris Paul, who was there with James Harden when that happened, but also was with the Clippers when they were a 60-win team and one of the top five teams in the league. So those two guys are a little bit ahead of the pack for me. Uh, And then it's kind of take your choice, right? Like, I think James Harden is going to retire as the guard version of Karl Malone if he doesn't get a ring. He's going to, for sure, be a top 10 all-time scorer. He's got an outside chance at being at the top 10 in assists. He's got an MVP, a bunch of all-NBA appearances. He led the league in scoring three times. He led the league in assists one time. He was sixth man of the year, which seems really (laughs) weird to think about now at this point. And then on the Chris Paul side... I don't know. I wanted to compare him to Charles Barkley. Like, who do you like more, Carl Malone or Charles Barkley? I don't think that's necessarily right. He's probably just the second coming of John Stockton. He's an all-time great top five at his position. I've got Harden a little bit ahead uh, just because I think he is... 
I think he raises uh, the floor a little bit more. I think he... I don't know, but that's just me. I just like James Harden more than Chris Paul, so I'm taking him over Chris Paul, who I think is better. He's going to be higher on a lot of top 10 lists. It's like Chris Paul, no doubt, he's going to be top 10 all-time in steals and assists. James Harden's going to be top 10 all-time in scoring and assists. I like scoring. Mm. Okay, what do you think, Lee? Uh, would you agree with Trey? Would it be Harden at the top of this list? I, I, I think Harden is definitely a better scorer. Uh, in terms of a pure point guard, I think Chris Paul is as close to Isaiah Thomas as we've seen uh, for me, um, you know, at both ends of thought. And Chris Paul, early on in his career, I mean, he was runner-up MVP when he was in his like third season, I think, yeah. there in 2008. Um, but they've got such a similar career in terms of like they've both been sort of close but not being able to get over the line. And it's funny you bring up the, uh, the Warriors-Rockets series because if Chris Paul doesn't hurt his hamstring in that series, I think the, the Rockets not only go on to beat the Warriors, I think they beat the Cavs in the finals as well in 2018. So they both get a championship together, which would be incredible for them to uh, you know, celebrate that together considering just how closely aligned their careers are. So it does. It just comes down to choice. And, and, and again, you know, James Harden's going to score a, a ton more points and Chris Paul, but I think Chris Paul plays in a different way and, and you know, that he, he gets his teammates involved in a different way to James Harden and uh, that's just their style. I think defensively there's no question Chris Paul's the better player there. But, um, yeah, they're, 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 they're good comparisons, I think, the Charles Barkley and Karl Malone because both of those guys were very, very good players who couldn't, I mean, they got to the finals and they couldn't actually win the championship, but that doesn't detract from just how dominant they were on their teams. And I think, uh, you know, you saw Charles Barkley there you know, in Philadelphia, like running into Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan's not there, maybe Charles Barkley wins a championship, but who knows, because uh, that's the story for so many players. And then when he goes to Phoenix and he becomes the MVP and they go to the finals uh, and he runs into Michael Jordan again, then otherwise, I think there's no question that uh, Barkley wins a championship. So, you know, like the Chris Paul hamstring injury, you know, things just uh, don't always work out for players. But um, if you have well, to pick- Will Chris Paul and James Harden and or, I guess I should say, will they be higher on lists than Carl Malone and Charles Barkley? Like, will people say they were better players that, you know, of guys that maybe don't win a ring? That's tough. It, it's tough to say for two reasons. One, because of the eras they played in and two, because of the positions they played. Uh, you know, two power forwards versus two, yeah. you know, point guards. Um, it, it's very, very tough to compare. And, you know, it, it, you... You tend to favor the ones that you've seen most recently. Um, and, you know, but then you look, Carl Malone won two MVPs, Giles won one, James yeah. Harden's won one. He's been a runner up three times. Chris Paul's been a runner up once. So they've, they've certainly all got the accolades and achievements. Um, it just comes down to, I guess, you know, which one you like, which one you would pick for your team and, and which one you like more. And, you know, Trey, Trey mentions James Harden because of scoring, which is fine. Um, you know, I would take Chris Paul because I think in terms of the all round. Uh, point guard at both ends of the floor. I I, I would prefer to have him, but uh, I wouldn't be disappointed to have Harden on my team. Who do you like more? That's definitely what it comes down to. Uh, and I think Harden, because he's sort of been labeled as the guy who scores but just doesn't have the fight in him, obviously that's a wrongful attribute to, to throw his way when he's improved his game every single year. But because of that, I think he'll sort of get the Wilt Chamberlain treatment historically. He'll be putting points on the board, but just didn't have it uh, to finish the job. Um, and yeah, Westbrook and Dame, because they haven't been the leaders on championship teams, is I, I think they sort of fall down the the list here of Hall of Fame players. <laughs> uh, so I, I would put Chris Paul at the top of mind because, yeah, the defense, but also because he makes those around him a little bit better. And maybe those who uh, in the media and former NBA players would look at that and say, yeah, that's the type of guy I would want to play with. 
Um, and although, you know, everyone would want to play with, with Westbrook and Damon Harden as well, CP3 gets the most out of the players around him in those uh, in, in all his stops. So I think that would be the, uh, the hierarchy here. Yeah, let me give you the accolades just real quickly because it's fun to do. Chris Paul, 15 years in, 10-time All-Star, 9-time All-Defensive, 8-time All-NBA right now, though likely 9. I think a lot of people are going to have him in uh, an All-NBA team this year. So that's, that's pretty wild. Westbrook, 12 years, 9-time All-Star, 8-time All-NBA right now. Does he make it in this year? Uh, maybe, maybe. Harden, 11 years, 8-time All-Star, 6-time All-NBA. A lot of those All-NBA first teams, too. That's going to be number 7, too. So that's 7 All-NBAs. And then Lillard, 8 years in, 5-time All-Star, and he will be a five-time All-NBA guy. That's, uh, those are definitely Hall of Fame guys. I mean, Lillard, at first I was like, whoa, 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 let's slow down on Lillard here. I mean, he's only eight years in, but my God, what a career already. He's going to like, I mean, he could like basically do what Chris Paul is doing, right? When it comes to the All-Star selections and All-NBA selections and stuff like that. I mean, he's like played half his career for the most part. So that's wild. Yeah, I, I, I do think actually, though, Harden will be on a majority of people's list from these four they'll have Harden at the top if, they, if none of these guys win a ring. Because he's just like, Chris Paul is, you're right, he's like going to be on the short list of the greatest point guard of all time. But Harden, for whatever reason, is going to be just, he's a pol- more polarizing uh, character as it is, or player. And, uh, you know, just he's, those, those scoring records and, and uh, you know, runner-up MVPs, like that's, that's damn impressive. I mean, like for four or five years, he's like basically considered a top three player in the league. In, a, in an era where there's incredible players, as we're, as we're proving here. So so we will see. All right, next one, uh, Tass, you got this. Hello, my basketball Kangs. Turns out you guys were right about the Sacramento Kangs. I think it was Skeets a couple weeks back that questioned how long Vladi Divac would stay on if they missed the playoffs. Well, now Vladi is gone. It's clear his time in the front office was not a success, but is there one mistake that stands out from his time there? That's from Barry in Sacramento. Yeah. Well, a day after Vlade steps down, too, uh, Peja Stojakovic resigns as assistant GM as well. Um, the Vlade bro right there. Yes. Um, I Look, I don't... There were there been a lot of mistakes, if we're being honest. I guess you do have to just go with choosing Bagley over Luka Doncic. I mean... It's it's rough. It's weird too because of the of course you know European connection and stuff like that. Um, and he did the classic case where he got worried about the fit. Um, you know, they, you know, by all reports, we got De'Aaron Fox. That's our point guard. We don't need another ball handler in Luca. We don't need another guy that uh, got to have the ball in his hands. We need a big that can play a little defense and he can throw lobs too. So he went with the fit, and that's why he took Bagley. Over the talented, much more talented from a lot of people, of course, Luca, And it burned him. It absolutely burned him. He just thought Bagley would fit with the assets that they had already accumulated there. And hey, Fox, great draft pick. That was good. That was one of the great things um, Vlade did. But yeah, that's the biggest. There are there many others, but uh, <laughs> that has to be the biggest. It really does. It's, uh, it, you know... This team would be incredible if Luca's on it. They're probably a playoff team. They really are. I mean, he's just that but special. Would, they, would, would, would the uh, Sacramento? Yeah, they'd find a way effect. to screw it up somehow. Yeah. But it's 14 years running yeah. now with no postseason, so this is not. This is really not a surprise that he's he's gone. Um, you do wonder when Ranadive, uh, you know, will start to get some of the blame as well because he hasn't been successful. I mean, remember the Maloof brothers. They weren't successful. Well, Ronadiva's basically done the exact same thing they've done, not make the playoffs year after year after year. So 
We'll see. I just wonder, Luke Walton, he's not going to be long. Uh, I, I can't imagine there in Sacramento now, too. I know he's got a couple con- he's got a couple years left on his contract, but a new GM comes in. I mean, Joe Dumars is the interim GM. Will he just take over? There will be a new coach, and it will Luke will not Luke Walton. I don't know if he'll even be there next year. Maybe he gets a year. We'll see. But yeah, it sucks. I think it was just sort of a, a general ineptitude from the front office that we'll all remember. Just unaware of what the heck was going on around them because when Vladdy for for instance when he was asked about the DeMarcus Cousins move when he traded him which wasn't a bad trade at all he, he said when you make a deal you want to get the most right now was the best time and it was the best offer we had he was asked why he didn't wait until closer to Thursday's deadline to make a move he said most likely we would get less because I had a better deal two days ago you don't do that, Vladdy. You don't. You don't say, "Hey, I had a better deal," but you know what? He's I took too the honest, worst one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to lie. You're a politician in that role, and yeah. there, there was that instance. I, I do believe where he didn't know that you had to call the league office after a trade was complete to confirm it with the league. Like he just didn't know the rules, and no. he just he, he verbally said too much, oh, and it just it came out. He just didn't have the other people if he did have other people in, in the front office, which he did, that knew about it, to take over for things. So, yeah, there was the, those crazy draft swaps to be able to sign Rajon Rondo. There's the Luca thing, especially when he was tight with Luca's dad, Sasha. Uh, that didn't make sense. And then the bad drafting, I think, is... We always talk about with the Sacramento Kings, but, yeah, if they had hit, you know, a triple to the wall, they ran one out with uh, with one of these draft picks, then... Maybe he still has his job, but Willie Cauley-Stein, Marquise Chris that they, they shipped out, Darren Fox, who just talked about Skeets with, uh, with Luca, and then Zach Collins, who they shipped out, and Marvin Bagley. Um, I'm sorry, that was the, the Luca one. De'Aaron Fox was, uh, that was the, that was the draft swap Jason Tatum thing where they lost the number three pick and got the number five pick because of draft swaps. Right. So those were the last five years. I mean, they, they're they Aaron Judgey there, Lee. They've stepped up to the plate. They swung for a home run, I guess. <sighs> Whiff. Yeah. Whiff. Yeah. Every single play. Those are yeah. Ks. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, but I think as well this comes back to Vivek because I don't think Vladi was super experienced in the NBA world. He had a good reputation in Europe being a sort of a, a wheeler and dealer, but it's such a different thing in the NBA. And I think it was Sam Amick had an article over the weekend, maybe Hollinger, saying that he basically just kind of hired his friends and people that he knew and didn't get sort of NBA experience or enough NBA experienced people around him and I think that's uh, that's the first mistake I mean is when you have someone who's a beloved player come into that role it's not good enough to just be like a popular player you have to actually know how to do that job properly and uh, mm-hmm. I think that was Vladi's problem there and the Luca thing of course I mean no one no one knows exactly how the draft is going to play out uh, because it just doesn't work like that but considering the contacts and the connections he had to Luca back in uh, in Europe, it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't have chosen him. So, um, you know, he does have to take the fall for that one. But then, you know, he, he's, he hired Dave Yeager, got rid of him, and then he hired Luke Walton, you know, sort of without really interviewing anybody else. Um, so I think uh, I think yeah, Vladi was just a little bit impulsive and sort of didn't really do enough deep research on, uh, on things. And, uh, I mean, according to this article as well, he wasn't planning on resigning or stepping down until... Vivek said, basically, I want Joe Dumas to almost share that role with you. And, and Vladi right. was like, I don't want anything to do with that. And so he left. So right. He got pushed uh, out, for sure. Yeah, so it's uh, just more sort of dysfunction uh, in Sacramento. But again, I think it all starts at the top. And I think Ranadive has to, uh, he has to get a grip on things a little bit better because um, this, is, this has happened in the past. This is kind of what happened when Vladi came in as well with, Del- uh, with uh, uh, Pete D'Alessandro. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Yeah, I think uh, I think Vlad, uh, Vivek's in a bit of a rush to get things done, and, uh, and and his his own hires reflect that. Trey, what do you think about this? Did you guys mention all of the weird uh, veteran signings that Vladi made no, over the years? No, we didn't. We didn't. No, including Zach Randolph, George Hill, Karan Butler, Marco Bellinelli, and Rajan Rondo. Did you remember those guys as <laughs> kings because they were pretty un? Memorable, also forgetful. Vince Carter, uh, George Hill. There's yeah, it's uh, it was always exactly what Lee is saying, trying to move a little bit too fast, trying to just make the playoffs, trying to get back to the playoffs. So we're going to bring in veteran guys who have been successful otherwhere, who are other places, who are now at the end of their at the end of their primes, aren't quite motivated to give it all for a team that's just trying to scrap into the playoffs and. Those were just major backfires, and it would seem to set the team back every single time they had a little bit of momentum going in the right uh, in the right direction. But the weirdest transaction I saw looking through all of Vladi's stuff was uh, that he traded Scott Perry to the Knicks <laughs> for a draft pick, who he then also traded to the Knicks. Pretty crazy. I was like, oh, okay, Vladi, at least that seemed like a smooth move. <laughs> and then there's now rumors that Scott Perry is going to be coming back here or to, <laughs> to the Kings. Oh, God. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah. It's weird. The, 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 the Jaeger thing is a weird one, too, because that's when they had a great year. That's when they had like a nearly a 500 year, right? They were 39 yeah. and 43, and then he's fired, and you here comes Luke yeah. Walton. And it didn't really go that well, and he's not going to be there long, I'm telling you. Like, again, will Luke Walton be coaching them next year? Maybe. Maybe one more year, but God, they better uh, get it together and uh, get in the playoffs. But this is what happens when you don't make the playoffs for 14 straight years. I mean, there is, not that it's right, not that it's the right move, but there is like, we got to get in. We got to be the eight seed. We got to do everything we can. We got to hire these vets to just get us over the top, you know, but that's, you know, short-sighted for sure. But I can see why you would want to do that when you haven't been there in so, so long. But Yeah, because they moved into the new arena a couple of years ago too, I think. Yeah, that was the big thing. And uh, like just new arena, let's make the playoffs. Yeah. And yeah, set them back even further. One of the best arenas in the league. Got to go see it. I got to go see it. (laughs) When arena's open again. Next one here. Hello, no Dunkasauruses. Longtime fan, blah, blah, blah. I am typing this to you boys as I watch Alfonso Davies of Bayern Munich destroy experienced defenses of Barcelona. <laughs> Believe that was a, a, you know, a football, a soccer-related <laughs> line there. Shout out to Canada. Alfonso Davies. Canadian? I guess. News, news to me. Uh, here's my short question. Could you recall a time in your respective youth when you got excited by an athlete's performance who was your age at the time? Growth charts, multiple banana pies, buy some. That's from Andrew in the Philippines. That's a fascinating question. When you, when were you excited to ask of an athlete's performance who was your age at the time? <laughs> well, I like this question. Thank you for asking about our respected youths. Uh, I, for one, loved when I was a kid and saw somebody. It had to be somebody really young who was doing something unbelievable. It, it just felt, it, that's what it felt like. It felt like this isn't real. When I was eight, I remember Jennifer Capriati taking over the tennis world. She was 13 at the okay, time. Okay, okay. She beat Arancha Sanchez Vicario. What? Oh, an established names. an established name and a classic three name right there. Uh, she, she got to the semis of the French Open. I'm sure you, you remember that, Lee. I think she was 13 or 14, Jennifer Capriati. She lost to wow. Monica Salas. Yeah. Um, and that's really, you know, I, I think... Tennis, those individual sports, the Michelle Wees of the world, uh, child prodigies like Tiger Woods. I got really excited for Coco Goff last year, uh, who was kicking butt. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
it's only when they're like, I'll never be able to feel that way again. Really? Like I, I don't, it's, you know, you have to be young and it has to be again, those individual sports. It's none of these team sports. I don't think Alfonso Davies is 14 and a half. Was that his name? The Canadian? I believe be- so. Alfonso Davies. Yeah. Lee, yeah. do you know this person? No, I, mean, I don't. Should, should I know this person? No, I no. I, well, yeah, no, I'd never heard of him actually. So, uh, no, we'll find right. out, I guess in the next couple of years, hopefully. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. I'm excited. I'm going to be Alfonso Davies fan. Apparently. Um, I'll just say, though, Tassie, I'll, I'll just counter with uh, this year, I really enjoyed watching Vince Carter, who's my age. I'm, I'm six months older than him, still playing in the NBA. To see a 43, soon to be 44-year-old guy, I'm 44, soon to be 45-year-old guy. It's incredible. And last year at the finals, there's a, I'm sure you guys all saw it, Vince got up and threw down a reverse wearing pants and a shirt and tie and threw it down so easily, like... My age right now, sometimes I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh my God, what? I didn't even do anything yesterday and I've got a sore back or a yeah. sore leg. And, you know, you're just exhausted from just having a day. And Vince, in the NBA this season, was still knocking down threes, going out there on the court, stays vel- relatively healthy, had a couple of uh, fun Vince moments and can still dunk. So I get very, very happy when I see a guy in the NBA still performing to some sort of level. So, uh, you know, in Dirk's last couple of years, he was sort of rickety running on up down the floor. You could sort of see he was coming to an end. But Vince kind of still looked okay out there. So, oh, well, sure. So bring it back to tennis. You must have been going nuts when Jimmy Connors was making his run. <laughs> in the US Open, I remember. Yeah. He had that, uh, that really big moment where he has that sort of cross-court rally where he keeps yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, yellow racket. That's all I remember about yeah. Jimmy Connors, right? Yeah. All that great. Well, what did you think about George Mikan when he was nineteen and you were nineteen? Like that must have been awesome. That must have been crazy to see a guy that looked well, just you, like listen, you. I'm you what, getting those glasses. My uh, my dad kept playing up until he was like fifty one or fifty two, playing wow. uh, playing but and winning. Shout they out they to won, Dickie. Yeah, wow. they won they won a championship in like his last year as well. So uh, yeah, <laughs> the grand final. They went in like nineteen grand finals in a row or something of their uh, dynasty year. talk. Dynasty yeah, Dicky, I'm telling you, I'm telling Dickie you. Dynasty. That's our new shirt coming out. <laughs> oh, like the guys from Duck Dynasty. Dicky Dynasty. Dicky and Snowy. Yeah, that were, that were an incredible combination. <laughs> was your, was Dicky a post player or a perimeter guy? Was he no, he was uh, he was a shooter sort of point guard. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah the he, leader. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they were all sort of shooters, the old guys. Just the, you know those it's old true. guys in the gym, they can just shoot. So that's how they kept beating up the little kids, the younger kids, because they they played in the sort of lower league men's right. So you either have really old men or really young kids sort of breaking into men's leagues. <laughs> yeah. and the young kids are athletic and fast yeah. and cheeky, but the old men uh, just just got the old man game. Yeah. Did you yeah. play on the same teams? Yeah, I did when I was a kid. Yeah, like all, my, me and my oh, brothers all Ken played. Ken Griffey yeah. Jr. and Ken Griffey yeah, Sr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I started when I was about thirteen, and so uh, Dad was probably forty-five, I guess, at that <laughs> point. So yeah, we played for a couple of years, and then you grow you go up in the in the grades. So uh, it was oh, great. nothing like yelling at your dad on a basketball court, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till can't wait till they open up gym so I can yell at my dad on a basketball court again. <laughs> So when yeah. did Dickie retire? When did he know that? When did he know it was the end? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess uh, him and Snowy. I think they maybe just hung. Or well, Snowy actually tore his Achilles, and I don't, I don't Ooh, know if he came back. From that'll that. do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That'll tough, do it. Tough night when you uh, when you're in you know late forties, early fifties, and you and you snap your Achilles. It's like oof, tough to come back from. So yeah, they just hung him up together. They used to work together. 
and they used to play together and uh yeah it was great snowy wow. <laughs> dicky and snowy <laughs> running the one and two speaking of kids according to uh david teary in the chat here alfonso davies is one of the best left backs in football soccer okay great he's 19 and already the oh. best player to ever come out of canada wow all right. There it is. There well, it is. I'm all in. I'm getting. I'm getting a jersey. I mean, yeah. He's playing for Bayern Munich. Is that yeah. what I said? Yeah. That's damn. I know. I I even know who that is. So that's good. Check that lower third, JD. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, lower thirds are back. God, and, that's nice. And Vince Carter, I, I had that flashback. He must have been wearing a baggy suit when he threw that down at the finals, right? Like the T Max suit. Like he was super baggy. Yeah. It wasn't a tight suit. We didn't. It, so he didn't have the jacket on. Yeah. He just had just, the shirt and the uh, and the tie and the pants. And pants. Yeah, but he threw it down first try, just the reverse, not even just like a standard like dunk. Incredible stuff. I'm gonna try to find it. Is it. Incredible. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty incredible. All right, anyone else want to answer this trade? Uh, anything there? I was in high school when all of the high school players were getting drafted into the NBA, and there were a couple of notable ones from Illinois as well. So I was very hyped up when uh, kids my age from my state were getting drafted into the NBA. It was Darius Miles and Eddie Curry, though. So, you know, it didn't yeah. end up perfectly, but it was an exciting time uh, when those guys were, like, the biggest names in all of uh, in all of high school basketball and were playing in the same state tournament. Not that we ever ran into each other. My teams were usually trashed. Their teams were going to the state finals. Uh, but it was... Um, it was cool. It was cool to be like, yeah, that could have been me if I was, you know, six inches taller and a lot faster and could do a backflip as a gymnastics guy, even though I'm 300 pounds. If that stuff had really worked out for me, I would have been right there with them. Fair, fair. All right. Next one. Let's do it. Hello there. No dunks. Raptors versus Nuggets. August 14th. It was a meaningless game and sharpshooter rookie Matt Thomas, 196 centimeters tall, attempts to block a plumbly 211 centimeters tall. His dunk with four minutes left in the third quarter, and of course, Thomas fouled plumbly. He was nowhere near blocking that ball. My pre-question, did he have any business attempting that block? I get that Raptors coach Nick Nurse rewards defensive effort, but that was just a foul waiting to happen. My actual question, any other moments, NBA or otherwise, that you thought Someone had no business doing something. Stay room temperature. That's from Luke in Tio. So, Lee, any other moments? Someone had no business doing something. Well, it's really... I had no business calling himself something. I'm going with Ruben Patterson to call himself the Kobe stopper. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, Kobe didn't have his great field goal percentages against Ruben Patterson, but he never... Like, Kobe would score whenever he wanted. He hit game winners over him. But Ruben Patterson... I was trying to find the quote because I remember him um, basically saying, like, he gets sick of being called the Kobe stopper. And it's like, what business do you really have calling yourself the Kobe stopper? I've never seen you, like, shut Kobe down to the point where it's like, oh, my God, you know, Kobe, this is it. He just, you know, remember, I mean, I'm trying to think of another example of a guy who has actually struggled in the past, you know, like, um, like Kawhi is not a LeBron stopper, of course, but, you know, he's given him probably the most trouble. But you don't hear Kawhi saying, like, you know, I shut LeBron down. And I think you know who did say that? Wasn't it Marcus Morris? Wasn't he like uh, at one point calling himself the LeBron stopper? <laughs> is that, is that uh, I'm pretty sure. I have a, yeah. a vague memory of that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway. Sean uh, Stevenson too, I think, was uh, mm. oh, that's right, a notorious yeah. LeBron stopper for two teams, yeah. for the Wizards and for the Mavs. But I went through uh, basketball reference to see the times they played. And Kobe, you know, some of the games he had 31, 33, 34. 
37, 41, 42. I mean... <laughs> Against Ruben. Yeah, that's when he was matched up with Ruben, according to basketball reference. So, uh, And in the playoffs, they got swept. The Blazers got swept when Ruben was on him. So... Um, yeah, I just found that uh, I just found that amusing how Ruben used to be like, you know, man, my job here is done. I can't do any more than I've been doing. And it's like, I don't think you're really qualified <laughs> in that position there, Ruben. <laughs> hey, we're talking about Ruben Patterson right now. Yeah, so well, that's true. 20 years later, yeah. Mission, mission yeah. accomplished, I guess. Trey, you got anything to add to this? If you're over six foot ten, you have no business ever trying to take a charge. Like, just put your arms up, man. Try and block a shot. That's wow. what the big guys are there for. Don't take charges. It's whack. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, trying, I'm like, uh, how tall is like Well, yeah, Vladi was flopping around like crazy. Vladi was flopping around for sure. Ilyasova is pretty big. Six, nine. Six, yeah. Ten, yeah, he's uh, he's led the league in charges before. Yeah. I know him and Lowry were going back and forth uh, to the charge king. Um, okay. Lowry, I get man. Lowry should yeah, be no, over, right. you know, like yeah. he gets toppled over. That's his defense. That's how he's gonna affect a shot at the rim. If you're able to touch the rim, you know, on your tippy toes, just put your arms up, dog. Mm. Hibbert style. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, anything to add here, Tess? Oh, I've got a few. Just a rattle okay. off here. Ed Sheeran had no business being in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Men have no business telling women what to do with their bodies. Yeah. Cranberries Huge. have no business in trail mix. The Irishman had no business being three and a half hours long. Trey, what do you think about that? I can you- still watch a three and a half hour movie. It's no problem for me. Well, what if it's long? A long movie. That's too long. No, I watched Hamilton as well. How long is that? <laughs> three hours? That's like, isn't that like three and a half hours not, as well? I, I, it could be well. three and a half hours. I'm just saying it has to be good for three and a half hours. <laughs> uh, pineapples have no business in carrot cake. What's up with that? Ooh, carrot Chris, cake. Uh, yeah, Chrissy Teigen's making a carrot what? cake with canned pineapples. I don't get it. I've never heard of that one before. Uh, yeah. It's, I would imagine it might be her Thai side, but I'm just guessing. The okay. Washington Wizards had no business being in that bubble. That's for sure. Hmm. And that's it. Wow, that's a good list. Well, and what about the what about the pineapple on a pizza test? Yeah, no problem with that. Okay. No problem with that. But I, I'm a carrot cake agree. traditionalist. You don't yeah, mess with carrot that's cake. That's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Great answers on that one. Let's hear from you guys out there too. Hit us with your uh, no business lines <laughs> on Twitter at No Dunk Sink. Uh, lots more emails still to get to, but first a word from our sponsor. Sure, the regular season is fun and all. But only one thing can compare to the excitement of playoffs. And that is DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Both basketball and hockey have entered their respective playoffs. And DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action. With millions in prizes throughout the week, there is no better place to make it rain. Start playing for free with your first deposit today. If you haven't tried it yet... Daily fantasy sports are easy to play. Just draft your players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points based off of your players' performance. There's no better way to put your sports knowledge to the test than to compete for millions of dollars in prizes throughout the week. But if daily fantasy isn't for you, DraftKings has just launched best ball contest for football season. Cam Stewart, I hope you are listening. If you aren't familiar with best ball, simply head to the app now and check it out. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code RUN to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. That's promo code RUN 
to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, next email. Sup, mofunks. I am a diehard Rockets and James Harden fan, so naturally the long-lasting narratives around his defense and playoff success have been an agitator for me over the past decade. In particular, the idea that Harden failing to win a championship somehow de- de- degenerates excuse me, his career infuriates me, especially because he's playing in an era with the second greatest player of all time and arguably the greatest team of all time. There are 30 teams in the league. Only one can win each year. Anyways, rant over. My question to you is which narrative about a player, team, or literally anything NBA-related is one you wish you could change? Peace out. Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Alex from South Coast of New South Wales, Australia. Double South there coming from Australia. Um, What do you got, Trey? Double South. Way down South. Well, I'm with you, Alex. You can't denigrate James Harden's career because he lost to one of the greatest teams of all time. But we kind of already talked about that earlier. So another one that's been bugging me lately, the Mavericks don't have the best offense in NBA history. Like, literally, they do. They are the most efficient offense in NBA history, but NBA teams have figured out offense, so every best offense of the year is going to be the number one offense of all time. And I think that that's something you kind of have to remember with regards to all stats that happen right now, all these crazy things that we're seeing from, you know, Trey Young and Luka Doncic, and I'm sure we'll see from Zion Williamson, uh, when, uh, when the stat is like the highest a, a young player has done or the most this and that by a certain age... It speaks more to the era to me than it does necessarily to the player. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, of course, Luka Doncic is going to have the most triple doubles by the time he's 25 because coaches are a lot more confident putting the ball into a young player's hands and letting him go crazy in 2020 than they were in 1990. So you got to remember the era rather than just telling me the numbers. That's fair. You guys got uh, other ones? Tess? Is there any other basketball ones? Because mine's really weird and I'm taking it off the court. Lee, you got a basketball one? No, no, no. Go ahead, Tess. Yeah. Have at uh, it, man. Well, I, I think um, the narrative around big noses has to change. There's absolutely <laughs> nothing wrong with a big nose. Absolutely nothing. It's just a nose. And if you're looking at somebody head on, I don't think you can tell whether a nose is big or not. I can't. I can't personally. It's just a nose. I think that person just has more characters. There's more about them mm. uh, to be had. And because they've got a, they've got a nose that pokes out another few inches. What's the big deal with a big nose? Literally, I get it. It's big compared to other noses, but just let it go. Let it go. It's a nose. And it, I mean, pr- proportion to the face, I guess, is important. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I don't care about that. It's just noses are noses. Big noses are, are more useful, as uh, Noah Kilpatrick says in our chat. You're totally right. More to smell. There's more. There's more things to smell in the world, right, Noah? Yeah, you can, you're right. <laughs> Did my buddy Grish uh, put you up on that? Answer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, big schnoz he's got. And let me say, there is absolutely nothing wrong with white belts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thankful for Grish's big nose because that means I'm a little further away from him as he tries to headbutt me every <laughs> right. single time. It's a nice uh, buffer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, the nose and your ears are the two organs. Are they organs? Yeah. I guess that, that don't um, stop growing. Yeah. That never stop growing so yeah. everywhere you know because you see old dudes you know particularly men i remember my father and all his ears were just massive. gigantic ears yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the nose too so like it just they just don't stop growing so yeah. uh yeah dickie's team got the biggest noses and ears <laughs> in the league for sure <laughs> who's got the biggest nose of us five then 
Uh, it's got to be Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Lee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is true. Like, like, from the front, it, though. Lee has the widest nose for sure. Yeah. But is I mean, it like, uh, is length? it the point? I mean, I've got a pointy nose for sure. Uh, Tess, I mean, I got, got some. some I got yeah. Some, I got some nose too. <laughs> Great. All right, big nose. Thumbs up to big nose. You got an answer for this one, Skeets? Nah, 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 nah. Get, getting out of the way of this one. Yeah, get out of it. All right. Uh, next one. Hey, Bubble Boys. Like many NBA fans this past year, I've become such a fan of Karis LeVert. However, as Skeets mentioned, the fit with KD and Kyrie is questionable. During the Blazers-Nets bubble game, it was clear that LeVert is becoming too good as a ball-dominant guard to stay in Brooklyn. My question, what team would be the perfect fit for LeVert? And is there a trade to be made with that team? Thanks for all the bubble content. That's from Jess in the Bay Area. Skeets, what do you think about Levert in Brooklyn? I mean, I did bring up that point, This uh, maybe this worry that, yeah, can he do this, what he's doing in the bubble, uh, going through him, balls in his hands. Can he do that once the ball's going to be in a lot in KD and Kyrie's hands? I think they give it a go first, honestly, because he might be able to. I mean, he's still young. Uh, he's obviously talented. Maybe he can play a little off ball. He can give you a little bit of defense and hustle out there. So they might give this a go and because they also might you know look to move a Dinwiddie or something like that you don't know but Orlando Magic my god would love a guy like Karis LeVert I think I think the New York Knicks would love a guy like Karis LeVert um in in a guard who can look like he can just get you goddamn buckets man the guy looks like he could be easily you know easily a 20 point per game score maybe even flirting with the 25 with how much this guy can attack so those two teams I didn't fire up the trade machine I didn't care that much because I actually think the Nets will will give this a run with him as the quote-unquote third guy but it will be interesting to see um because I know Trey you sort of agreed with me a little bit like ugh it's one thing to do this when here you're the guy here's the ball go to work but can he do it when everything's running through uh Kyrie Irving and KD we'll see yeah, watching the Nets in the bubble has just been super weird because they've been impressive. They've been catching people off guard. Karis LeVert has been a bubble boy. He's been incredible. But you also watch it knowing what Kyrie Irving had said about all of these teammates that we're seeing earlier in the season. And you're like, who is actually going to be on the Nets that we're seeing play right now? Right. It's not a lot of the players likely. I think LeVert will probably stay around, though. I think he's actually pretty close with Kevin Durant. I think they have been since uh, back in LeVert's college days. So maybe they give him a chance as the third guy, and Dinwiddie is the is the more likely trade candidate. But you nailed the teams. Orlando needs guards, the Knicks, and yep. Detroit. Is Karis LeVert an upgrade over Josh Richardson for the Sixers? I don't know, uh, because that's just another guy. Then uh, adding Karis LeVert to the Sixers would be another guy who needs the ball in his hands to be most effective. I don't know if it necessarily is a perfect fit, but I'm a big Karis LeVert fan. I think he could help a lot of teams. Yeah, if he could just stay healthy. That's exactly. the thing. Because he's a great contract, too. I don't have it in front of me, but I think he's Real a, cheap. Yeah, yeah, he's like 17, maybe, a year or something like that. Go ahead, Lee. Well, I think there, there is a case to be made to get him to the Mavericks. Now, obviously, uh, Doncic has the ball in his hands most of the time, but if you stagger those minutes when Doncic is out, then Karis can take over and be that guy. And at end of games, I don't think it would hurt to have him on the court as well because I think that's one of the things with the Mavs is they don't have that other guy who can create for themselves. I mean, you've got the guys who can shoot and Hardaway and Finney Smith and those guys, but if you had someone like Levert alongside Luka just to sort of take some of the, uh, you know, the, the, the creation out of Luka's hands, I don't think that's a terrible idea myself. Mm-hmm. So 
I wouldn't mind seeing him there. You know, he's young enough. And, and again, like 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 the sort of James Harden, Chris Paul situation in Houston, where you know it's like you start them together, and then when Luca sits, Karras, you can run the show then. And when they play together at the end of games, you just got two options. I think so. I, I would like to see that happen. I mean, I think uh, I don't think it will happen, but I, I don't think it's uh, a terrible idea myself. I'm also not sure I'm convinced of this uh, sort of theory, I guess, going around, for lack of a better word, like the idea of, like, Karis LeVert, you should just be a super sixth man, right? Like, because there's talk about that. Like, oh, you in, stay in Brooklyn and just come off the bench. Like, be a super Ginobili or something like that. I get it. Sure. But the kid's 26. I mean, the, you know, he wants... He's obviously appears to be like he could be somewhat of a star in this league. I think that's a lot... That's very difficult to just say... Hey man, just come off the bench. I mean, I think we can all go. Oh yeah, why wouldn't you do that for the betterment of your team? That's that's not how it works. I don't think that would fly personally, and I don't think he should even almost accept that role. That's that's not really even fair to him. But I'd like to see him still get a shot in the starting lineup with those guys, and maybe he can make it work. What do you think, Tass? Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next year because that's it is four guys that need the ball in their hands if you include Spencer Dinwiddie to be uh, really effective. So does. I guess Spencer and Kyrie don't play with each other. I guess Spencer comes off the bench, but you could play them together. You could play Karras and KD with, with those two guards. You can have four of them. It's uh, it's going to be a fun experiment. And, yeah, I'm sure all four of those guys don't want to come off the bench. But if they develop some sort of team bonding chemistry and they all end games together, then maybe one of them can maybe. come off the bench. And uh, just that's the most effective uh, facet of Karis LeVert's game, though, is one on five and so um yeah i could see one of them being moved for just a dead eye shooter and and that would make sense like to uh you know trey brought up philadelphia i think he is sort of an offensive upgrade over jason josh richardson not jason richardson uh josh richardson um but yeah a lot of hands uh, a lot of mouths to be fed there in philadelphia we just watch memphis without a, a really a real second creator besides john morant um, they have Justice Winslow coming back, but I don't know, maybe you just ship him for Justice Winslow in, in some sort of package that doesn't work one-on-one, but the Nets could use a defensive-minded guy beside KD and Kyrie, and, mm-hmm. and Justice Winslow would sort of fit that bill. And so I think that would sort of, that would make sense uh, as far as fit goes to get Winslow out of uh, Memphis. If they, if they want to move him, or Dinwiddie for that matter, they're going to get calls. People are going to be interested on, on trying to put together a package uh, for one of those two guys, for sure. I mean, if they if they choose to move one of them, no problem, I don't think. They'll have okay. their options, yeah. All right, next one here. Hey, No Dunks crew, first-time emailer, follower since 2016. I am grateful that I got to see one of the best shows ever made, The Starters. You are all such great positive vibes. I am from Houston, Texas, and a Boston Celtics fan. Oh, boy. I got a Beantown boy here. I know, I know. <laughs> Celtics fan, but I'm from Houston. What? 12-year-old me did not like to follow the crowd. I started watching basketball in 2006, became a Celtics fan, and it has been a great ride ever since. Even through the rebuild period, I decided to stay true to my team. I like to think after 13 years of loyalty, I earned my status as a fan. My question, is there any team that you are a fan of that isn't your home team? This can be from any sport. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That's from Oscar. Bonus question. Are you still putting signed basketball cards in merch orders? Uh, let me just address that very quickly, Trey. No, we're not because, uh, you know, we haven't had the ability sort of to go over to Lee's house and get the cards and sign them all. So we'll eventually we'll get back to that when 2020, you know, 
ever ends. Um, yeah. We'll eventually get back to putting basketball cards it, in in all those merchandise orders. When you but, sanitize cards, the the sharpie comes off of it, so it doesn't yeah, really right, work. Right, out right, right, exactly. So okay, so Trey, uh, you've been a fan, you know, of a team that wasn't your home team in any sport. Yeah, like a lot of kids, I was a huge Deion Sanders fan when I was a kid. So I got really sick when I was, I think, in fourth grade and was just home for a week of school with the flu and couldn't stop watching Deion Sanders playing for the Atlanta Braves on TBS. And I've been a Braves fan since like 1991, but they did eventually become my hometown team right when they were getting good again. Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, the second coming of Andrew Jones. Uh, So yeah, now I'm a Braves fan living in the market where they're actually at. Uh, and you know, we're at already a quarter mark of the season. And Atlanta's looking all right. Looks like they may be making the playoffs out in the East. I know Acuna just went to the 10-day DL. 10 days in this season? That's oh, tough. Eternity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they are doing all right. I did see that too. Jared, of course, a big Braves fan. We had the game on yesterday while we were splashing around in the pool. Don't Man, the Braves. listen yeah. to baseball on the radio. Still awesome. Yeah. Still good. Don't, but don't the Braves always make the playoffs with just losing the first round? Isn't that their thing? Well, now they do. They used to just always lose in the World Series. Oh, right, right. Working right. their way back. Right, right, right. Did they expand the playoffs this year? There was no, a chatter I, about that. I, good question. No, no They decided, yeah, this is the day the season starts. Let's expand the playoffs. Let's, let's just make that decision now. Well, they were talking about it anyways right when they started the season, not in the months prior that they had to prepare 16 for teams are making the playoffs yeah that's a lot wow. of teams Eight. what league would have 16 teams make the playoffs <laughs> come on uh lee i'm fascinated to hear how you would answer this question because yeah. i've never been able to figure out who you cheer for <laughs> well well so in the 1980s uh the west indies cricket team was just the most uh destructive team in cricket they were the coolest guys the toughest guys the best team and they used to absolutely destroy Australia. So it was hard to not be a fan of theirs every time they came out because everyone wanted to see the West Indies play because of that. They had the star players and they were cool as anything and uh, and they were the best cricket team. So everyone loved the West Indies. Unfortunately, basically from the uh, start of 2000s, I mean, it started to deteriorate in the 90s. Um, they're now like one of the worst teams and they've got no real... Oh, they've got one guy who used to play, Chris Gale, who was a bit of a star, but... Um, it's really sad to see how, how much they've fallen off and just become... They've come to the point where Australia doesn't even tour the West Indies, I don't think, anymore because it's just they're just so bad. Wow. And uh, Yeah, I know. It's terrible. And remember Rob Moody, who I had on the uh, podcast earlier in the quarantine? I do, actually. Just go to Robolinda on, uh, on Twitter. He's always <laughs> uploading some West Indies highlights from the 80s. And, and you'll see why. I mean, they're just cool. they got Viv Richards, the... the uh, He's just the greatest uh, cricketer of all time, even though other guys have scored more runs. Hold but he... on. You have named like five guys the greatest <laughs> cricketer of all time. Yeah, yeah. What about Tim Dorker? Who is it, man? Viv, Viv had just the swagger and the style and, uh, you know, like so a lot, of, a lot of cricketers, I'm sure, in fact, anytime you've seen a cricketer, a batsman's wearing a helmet, yeah. right? And, and basically they wear that now every single match they play in. But in the 80s... A lot of guys didn't wear one, and ah, Viv, Craig McTavish style. <laughs> yeah, well, Viv used to wear the hat, and uh, and people would say, like, you know, aren't you ever scared the ball will hit you in the face? And he goes, No, I've got the bat. That's what that's for. So it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's just, badass. He, he was just so uh, so stylish and so cool, and uh, yeah, everyone loved the West Indies, even though they used to come out to Australia and absolutely pummel us all summer long. So yeah, it was great. All okay. summer long, that was one match, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they used to they used to come out in like November and wouldn't go home until like February or March. It was just all summer long they were playing because they play the test match, the test matches, which are five days. You play five of those, 
and then you play the one day series which is like uh i don't know you play, probably play 10 of those and the final so yeah was, so like was... they like they're there so long where was this in melbourne no it was all over australia all over okay. yeah, yeah so yeah, they would yeah. but like they in theory would like you know destroy australia on the pitch and then what would they be out like drinking in the bars and stuff like that and, yeah like, people yeah. are like oh that's the guy yeah oh, wow <laughs> And, and all the girls used to love them as well. And uh, I mean, they just they just had everything. And I, I'm trying to find I'm trying to find the best quote ever here from Viv. So I'm stalling for a little bit. Yeah, I got I got a quote I can Go. throw in here from Go. commenter Daz Smith. Okay. He he chimed in and said, "Viv Richards is the definition of swag." Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. So, so I, I is... thought Aunt Viv was the definition of swag, but apparently it's Viv Richards. Go ahead, so Lee. This is the quote that I, I found here from uh, Viv Richards. So. Before the start of every test match, before the start of every game, you're supposed to go out to the other captain and announce your team to them, okay? So, like your team sheet. It's the same sort of thing in the NBA. This is what happened when Viv went out against the England captain, uh, Chris Cowdery. Uh, Chris Cowdery said this, I was very proud to be appointed England captain. I went for the toss wearing my whites and England blazer. Viv Richards came out wearing a Bob Marley t-shirt, surfing shorts and flip-flops. As England captain should read our team sheet to the opposing captain, I got no further than four names when Viv said, play who you want, man. Ain't going to make any difference. <laughs> like, Legendary quote. <laughs> right, you just gotta, you just got to imagine like the style at the time is supposed to be like you read the names. Okay, thank you. And Viv was just like, I don't care. Play who you want. We're going to kill you anyway. Sure. So. <laughs> and, that, and did they, I assume, kill England? Ah, they would have done for sure, yeah. Okay. Late 70s now. There's actually a good movie out on the uh, on the West Indies from the 70s and 80s. You should go and watch it. I'll find that name for you too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, we got, so let's wrap this up. We got a couple more <laughs> no. questions. We got to get to watch a playoff basketball here. Let's, let's get through these stats. <laughs> Next one. Hello, Star. I mean, no dunks. I've been a fan of you guys for a few years now, and I really love what you guys do. Thank you. I'm writing to you from Oregon. And my question is related to Gary Trent Jr., whom the Blazers broadcast team has been calling Junkyard Dog. How do you guys feel about nicknames being reused like that? Are there nicknames you guys would like to see reused? I think Junkyard Dog is very fitting for Gary. Love you all. And that's from Leo. That's is interesting. it fitting for him? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't so. think so. I, I... You need a big... You need a big who grabs boards, who who scraps and yeah. fights. And he's an outside player. He doesn't rebound. That's not his game. And that's fine. But he also had a photo shoot in the bathroom of the team plane. Where you remember those like multiple uh, photos he was taking and he was holding up the bathroom. Guys were trying to get in. Damien oh, Lillard was right. knocking on the door. You can see on his, on his Instagram. And there's a big story. Uh, you know, one of the bubble stories at the beginning. There weren't wasn't a lot of good content going around so this was a story and uh and yeah he was holding up the bathroom i don't think a junkyard dog would be holding up the bathroom door no, I, junkyard I just, dog gets in there takes a dump gets out yeah. fair yeah <laughs> dumpyard log <laughs> so he's not a junkyard dog no. but I, I do th- i do think if it's not a hall of famer you can repeat uh, a nickname like oh, if it's okay. not if it's not a great player like jyd who was a fan favorite in, in Toronto. He played for Detroit, played for Chicago, played for the cup of coffee with the Knicks there. Uh, that's fine. I think it's fine to throw it. But again, maybe his dad, Gary Trent's dad, way more of a junkyard dog than the little the little Gary Trent, right. um, the young guy. Uh, and also, he's a Hall of Fame wrestler. So, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, throw like a shout out to, to JYD. Love that guy in the 80s. Uh, Who's the Tito Santana then? Do you think? Is it, they were they were, uh, <laughs> were they the tag team. Or yeah, they? 
Yeah, World Intercontinental World. Champions, I think, weren't they? What? Hey, oh, man. You're saying tag team champions are not intercontinental champions. <laughs> you're saying a lot of things that aren't making sense right now. <laughs> they won the tag team titles. I don't remember that. Uh, anyway. Well, I he will... calls it the Intercontinental. They definitely yeah. didn't hold the Intercontinental Championship together. <laughs> Sharing it. But now <laughs> there's like 10 belts. Now it's like um, boxing, right? There's like a billion belts in WWE. Right, right. Anyway. Okay, I, I like that rule, though, Tess. I do like that. Like, as long as you're not a Hall of Famer, I think the, I'm with you. I think if, if it applies, the nickname works for another player. It can be passed down. I think there's something cool about that. Like, the Plastic Man. Stacey Ogman. That's just a cool nickname to me. That should be somebody. I don't know. Like, even Brandon Ingram or something. Like, a guy with that build. Like, just super stretchy, long. Uh, just a great nickname. Um mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you have other ones? Well, no, I was gonna. I was trying to come up with one for Gary Trent, who's made his name here in the uh, in the bubble. It's not easy. I went with cocktail shaker. Uh, he co- <laughs> comes in, comes in the game from the bench or on the yeah. back of the countertop. You know, you just yeah. go grab him. Uh, he throws a few things together, mixes it up out there, and what he produces is something smooth. Yeah, it's not great, um, but listen, I think it's better. Than junkyard dog. <laughs> right. I like calling him uh, Gary Fieri because he always shows up wearing a flame shirt like Guy Fieri does. But mm. I don't know. You could also maybe call him instead Flavor of the town. junkyard dog. How about the rescue dog? Like uh, nobody was really expecting anything from Gary Trent, but you're very happy to have him around and you love him now. Mm, Paw Patrol. Dog. <laughs> is that Chase? I believe that's Chase. Uh, Chase is the the Chase cop the, dog, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's Rubble? <laughs> I don't know. R- R- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think <laughs> they yeah. were the intercontinental yeah, champs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were the tag team champs. Um, but um, I think for um, a junkyard dog, PJ Tucker would fit that bill. I think. Yeah, sure, you know, sure. Yeah. He's a he's a scrappy fighter and he does everything. They've um, already got a junkyard dog on that team. Remember when Damari Carroll was the junkyard yeah, dog? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How in the world did that happen? That's yeah. a Gary Trent junkyard dog right there. Yeah. Um, but I, I also, you know, I, I said this back in the starters days. Um, Lonzo Ball can't go by Zoe because Zoe is a Hall of Fame nickname. So he, until he gets to that level, he has to go by Lons. That's that's it. He has to he has to earn the Zoe. Exactly. He's exactly. got to be Lons. Yeah. When I think of Zoe, I'm like or just Lon. We call him Lonnie. Yeah. So you're Lons. You're Lons Lonnie until Ball. you become Zoe. So. <laughs> All right. Great. Like that was a great actually. question, Leo. Great question. Any more answers for that one? All right, let's end this bad boy. Last one. Hey, guys, this year, Mitchell Robinson set a new NBA record for field goal percentage, shooting 74.2%. But nobody really cares because he's on a bad team and this whole season has an asterisk on it. What's something you do really well that you don't think you get enough credit for? And yes, I know Robinson only averaged 10 points per game, but hey, Wilt only averaged 13 points per game when he set the previous record. Is that true? Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Fact check, that's amazing. Right at the end uh, of his career. That's from Tim in Australia. I didn't know that little point about Wilt. You wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought that that year that he set the, uh, well, then uh, field goal percentage record. But Mitchell Robinson does have it. That is a funny little weird thing that he's got now. Um, but what do you think? What's something, uh, who's got an answer for this? That, uh, you know, you do well, you don't, you don't get enough credit for it. Well, everybody likes to laugh at my tiny feet, but nobody gives me any credit for clearly having the smallest nose <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of us. Look at this thing. Yeah, cute, cute as a button. Tiny. 
good nose. You win. <laughs> you win. We were going to do a poll. Who's got the best nose? But uh, there's no oh, point no, in that no, poll. No, that's the thing. It has nothing to do with qualities of noses. Mm. It's just pure size. We're pure talking size. pure yeah, size yeah, here. We're trying to change the narrative. Big noses are more useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, Trey, you're young. So that's why you've got yeah, a nose. He's the youngest. You're right. Yeah. Give that a couple the, of years. Yeah, as you grow, as ours will continue to grow, so will yours. So you'll always have that in your pocket, but uh, you'll catch up to us eventually. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I hope not. That would mean I'm dead if he catches up to me eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, what's something you do really well? You don't get enough credit uh, for. Is yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, like, I mean, this is very, very, like, um, personal i guess and and, uh, and silly but uh sure. like i honestly think right now when there's like a very solid play out there the nba house of highlights teams they like oh ball movement oh look tass is even rocking the shirt there you know yeah, ball movement look at the ball movement i'm like I think I brought that sort of background into the NBA. You brought ball movement back, baby. No, I, I brought I brought the highlighting of it and the appreciation of sure. it that it doesn't have to end in a dunk. Like it's not just like the the end of the play that we're celebrating. We're celebrating okay. the build up and look at this ball movement. Look at this great stuff. And now you see it all the time because I, I you know I, I point that out because a lot of times when you know a, a big account on Instagram uploads it, people just tag me the whole way through, and I'm yeah. like, I like to think that that was something that I sort of you know really. Um, you know, it blew up. You know, I mean, it's one of those things. You like, you sound like a dick when you say it. You're like, you know. but, but at the same time, I'm like, but I think, I think so. I think I brought awareness to it. You know? I think there's some truth to that. Actually, as weird as that sounds to say. What I was thinking, ball I was think- movement awareness month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I just say, you know, that's one of those things that I'm like, how, I'm never going to be able to go out and like, you know, say, hey, that's my idea. No one else ever thought of. But I just think, you know, I brought appreciation to it. Now people are like, yeah, that's actually quite good. You know, it's not just about dunks. (laughs) I was thinking what Noah Kilpatrick wrote here in the comments. Lee, not the 2014,000 Spurs. Lee is the one who brought back beautiful basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember well, 2014. People were calling them the best team of all time because yeah. they were moving well, when, the ball. When, when did we start the starters? Right. The year 20, before right? I mean, that, that well, was, season. Yeah, 13-14. Yeah, and and yeah. the very solid play start, you know, started that season. So, you know, I think... <laughs> Pop said, what am I going to do? Oh. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me piggyback off this. Uh, I don't get enough credit for Pop and Pax. Oh, I mean, yeah. Now, yes. now you're the man that runs Pop and Packs, but as the story goes, you guys know I was adamant that there was something to this way back in the score days when we were just doing, for the most part, basically audio. And I was like, "Oh, this is good. This is funny." He opens up a pack of basketball cards. We guess the players. There's something there, and I got a little pushback from my member, especially Matteo, JD. <laughs> were like a little skeptical. And I guess when you say it out loud, Lee opens an old pack of basketball cards and we guess the players. It does sound dumb. But I was adamant. This is going to work. It's going to be funny. And look what happened. Now it's its own damn series here. It's own podcast series on our thing. I'll tell you two things. Uh, I, I was on a podcast, oh, God knows how long, a year ago or something. And someone asked me, and I gave you credit. I said, actually, because oh, other people kind of do something similar. I said, well, Skeets is the one who actually sort of, this was his idea. Right. And I've just kind of run with it now um, from, from here. But... You say it sounds silly when you say it out loud, you know, opening up an old pack. You should see what it feels like to be emailing people and saying that. <laughs> As a 44-year-old man, too. I'm sometimes like, oh, my God, I can't believe what I'm actually, like, you know, twi- uh, twi- twiping. 
tweeping. What? Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's 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 very very weird to be like, hey, I'm uh, I open up an old pack of basketball cards. You would you like to join me doing that? I'm like, Send. Oh my god, that is weird. Uh, yeah. While we're talking popping packs, uh, from some of my friends, Lee, they would like to see you come into a new generation of maybe players you could have on the show, and you know, cards that are a little more recent like you've got you've had some ogs on i mean just had Derek harper on you've had james worthy on i mean you've had like hall of famers it's pretty amazing dominique wilkins but like yeah i feel like you to you got to move into like the mcgrady era type stuff that would be sort of cool if we could get into that now yeah so it's harder to find cards from that era though that's true that's the problem because i'm looking trust me i'm looking everywhere i I would like to do that as well and get some uh players who played you know late later 90s but um it's really weird basketball cards must have sort of Stopped being they popular. Did, they, they, I think you're right. They did yeah. definitely sort of fall off a cliff, but they like, must have kept making the cards. I've right? got, I've got, um, <laughs> I've got guess. like stickers. I've got stickers from like '96, '97. There's two packs of them, <laughs> oh, and, yeah, and, and the, uh, they might be. But there's six, there's six stickers in there, and so like, so I've got two packs. So I've got twelve. So I am, I am actually trying to okay, think okay. of something like that. But, okay, uh, good. Like I say, it's more just trying to find cards. So, okay, but also, well, you know, you hey, know, let, it, if there's listeners out there that have these cards, like what? Yeah. We would like, what would we like? Late 90s, early 2000s, I think, would be. If we could start getting into the 2000s, would be good. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, anything, really. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just keep asking people to come on. But, um, yeah. No, I mean, we need the packs. Yeah. I'm telling people, if you've got them. If you've got them, man, send them in. Send okay. them in. Right. Yes, yeah, so send Bo Maxwell an address. He just typed in the chat, Lee, you can have mine. All right. He's ready. What All you right. got there, Bo? I'll ask him what he's got. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Any other answers for this, guys? Or should we wrap this bad boy up? So Bo knows recent cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> guys, keep your questions coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. Uh, we'll try and uh, keep hitting you with a beach stepping podcast at least once a week here. Uh, it's going to be a little more difficult, of course, with the schedule because of what we're going to be doing. With the playoffs having started, we're going to be trying to go live, though, every morning at 10 a.m. Eastern, recapping, you know, the big games and storylines from the night before. Bubble wrap, yes, it is done for right now, but uh, we'll be hitting you daily. I think the plan is to go through the weekend as well. My God. Strap in, boys. It's going to be a long run here. Stuck up with energy. Um, But we're excited. Playoffs (laughs) starting today. Basketball on all day. It's awesome. And the games actually matter, so I can't wait to break them down with you guys here on No Dunks. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to No Dunks wherever you listen to the podcast. If you're on iTunes, you're on Apple, leave us that sweet five-star rating and review. JD, great work here with this new web platform. Very excited for this. Hopefully the people in the chat uh, are enjoying it. There he is, bouncing back in. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thank you for joining us, folks. And remember, yeah, the NBA playoffs are starting, but don't forget about those Calgary Flames. 2-2 in that series against the Stars. We got a great series. Jump on that Flames bandwagon. Go, Flames, go. Embrace the NBA playoffs, people. You could stay.